What's it been like being home the first first summer in quite some time, isn't it? Yeah, when I when I was ERA and I was home, uh, and uh, it was it's way different this time. You got kids, and um, you know I've got more goals than I did then. I was just I was just doing schools mainly then, and this, this year I did a lot of schools, a lot of lessons, which went real good. But then I've got three fraternity horses I'm trying to get ready for this week, and. And then I've got rentals going in, so I've I've kept plenty of irons in the fire, and that's not even touching on the amount of time I spent trying to put this and promote this roping. So, got four four pretty good irons staying in there that uh, keep it keep it busy. But I wanted to make sure I was busy when when it was time to be said and done. That's kind of the staple I feel like of a rodeo cowboy is I can like juggle. You know, you're juggling so many things that it makes it where you can you can handle it as you kind of move forward, right? Man, Trevor, I I just I take my hat off to that guy in, in so many ways, more ways than one. But the amount of things that that guy can juggle, like I went to his house and rope with him. I took some fraternity horses over there and just watch him juggle in between people coming there to take a look at his stud and uh, you know selling stud fees. And then um, you know I got there at noon, and then he had to to go do a an uh, interview, come back, play with his kids a couple of times. Um, I think he had. Uh, his youngest daughter going around the barrels and then at uh, quarter to five he was walking up there with um with Swayze uh going to eat dinner and from noon till almost five he rode 12 head of horses right and didn't even look like he was in a rush it was impressive yeah it's amazing what he can juggle and, and never sweated one one bit just a normal day yeah it's a normal day my blood pressure gets a little bit higher than his. <laughs> That's a yeah. It's hard like managing. Uh, well, just you feel behind, right? You all, know, when you get that many things like mm-hmm. that. And when you feel behind, it's like how do you methodically move through things, right? And that's yeah. I think that's like leaving. Well, I go back to like rodeo or something, or being late to a jackpot or a rodeo. How many times is it? It's hard to compete when you mm-hmm. just like you show up and it doesn't feel like you had the an adequate time to get warmed up or whatever and. But then I like when I get into something stressful, like, you know, we've like nothing what you've got going on with, with your event, but we've had a couple of the pay-per-view events and mm-hmm. putting it together. You feel I could see it. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of moving parts. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like trying to try. And to you guys are everything. doing a great job with it. Like that was I so loved being a part of it last week and seeing what you guys are doing. And it just had a Monday night football feel to it. I mean, that was cool. Yeah. You know, that's kind of been the goal with these. Right. Is I was like, team members don't get treated like athletes and that's kind of been the complaint um forever Mm -hmm. and but i got thinking well why wouldn't we just put them in a stage where you can see the best guys showcase their skills for about two and a half hours similar to football similar to basketball and um have commentators that can communicate the actual situation like what is going on what are these guys doing and uh and so that's kind of the goal with this and moving forward that's what we're wanting to do and do more events like that so we can it's it's not really for um, built for a hundred team roping. It's right. like built for the top one percentile of guys mm-hmm. that wanna wanna kind of compete there. Well, and being a part of it last week too, and being interviewed, and you know you have Ryan Motes up there, so he knows every moving part that there is to rodeo. And uh, Anthony Lucia ropes as well and knows these guys. And so, you know, you have guys that are able to kind of introduce these guys face to face without their hat on to where it's like, you know, not not really talking about the four second run, but 
you know, you guys are able to kind of bring out, you know, what, what do you guys got going on? What have you been working on? You know, people get to know these guys and that's what having the guys like Ryan Motes and, and uh, Anthony in there is they know these guys on a personal level. They, you know, they got some pretty good topics and things to talk about to where people can actually get to know these guys too on another level. So it's, it's, I love what you guys are doing. Well, it's, it's been fun and I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going. Me too. Um, you know, for you, what about this putting on this event? Uh, how stressful has this been? Because what I wanted to compare this to is, you know, normally this time of year you're coming home from rodeo and you're preparing for the NFR, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, is this more stressful or preparing for the NFR? <laughs> a lot of the same feeling. Um, you know, a different feeling. Like, like I'll, I start, like for the NFR, I start watching Rocky. Yeah. And I start watching Rocky 1. And then I watch Rocky 2. And then three, and then four. You know, I just I go through to where, um, man, I want to I want to feel like I'm, like, ready. Yeah, you know, work out. Like, wanna, damn yeah. right. Like yeah. I I get I get to where, man, I'm I'm ready to do battle. Um, like that's always been the mentality that I've had to where when I get up, I'm ready to practice. Like when I get up, like I am motivated, um, like a fighter. And my dad instilled a lot of that in me, and. Um, pretty tunnel visioned you know uh but this is a different mentality of man this is this is extremely putting on this event is extremely um passionate for me right like my passionate bone and my freaking uh just patriotic bone man is at a high level um almost a little bit like a fighter and the fact that there's one thing that i cannot stand is what our government's doing with these men and women that have sacrificed and some have paid the ultimate sacrifice for and just crapping on them and i can't fight i can't run for office so i'm doing the only thing i know how to do right and so if they ain't gonna do it then piss on it i'll do it myself yeah and so i've had that mentality going into this um i always just wondered what i could do and then man god just keeps opening doors after door after door for this and it's like i really i mean i'm i'm not by myself when i'm doing this because i can feel it yeah, it's one thing when you're you're doing something and it kind of hits a dead end, but I mean, he's he's bringing things out of me that I never knew were possible, and the nerves the nerves are a little different. The nerves are kind of a little bit different, but a lot of the same. Um, you know, rodeoing, getting ready for the NFR, momentum's a cruel mistress. It can, you know, the slightest mistake it can turn on on, on a dime. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's that one little thing that you're, you know, that you're you weren't ready for. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same thing with this rope when there's a lot of moving parts and you're, you're always kind of concerned or paranoid about that one little thing you're forgetting, like, oh crap, I forgot the saddle or oh crap, I forgot, you know, so you're, there's so many things to this and moving parts to it that there's a lot to remember. So I I got a little bit of that kind of in the back of my mind, but oh, my passion for this has never been higher. Well, the, the moving parts, what's weird for me is you'll be asleep. I'll be asleep. And I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think of something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you don't want to miss this. And yep. you, you, there's like all these, the little details, right? And the ideas that you have. And um, so for the event, it's the American Military Celebration. And let's let's explain the event first, Charlie. Will you just, uh, will you just explain it to me, what, what we got going on first? So I've told the story a bunch. And, and uh, you know, I try to get it to where, if, you know, somebody's heard it before. It's not the same talking points. But it did. It, it got started with me and Jackie wondering what could we do for these guys. Yeah. Um, and it started right here in my backyard. I decided that we decided that we were going to have a roping school. The only thing we could really offer, you know. 
And so, um, I think eight years ago, we decided to do it. 15 headers, 15 healers, and and Trey Johnson got involved with, um, a few years ago, probably five years ago, I think, with me. Um, because it was so great to have him involved because he helps so many people spiritually and then also dealing with PTSD. And, and then when he, when he showed up and started helping too, it started turning into just more than a school Yeah. Um, for a lot of people. And, you know, we, the town got behind it. We barbecued, uh, you know, after the first night and told stories. And it just got to where it was just a fun deal. It just grew so, from word of mouth. And last year, it, just, it got bigger than a school. And so they, the guys come and was like, hey, have you thought about having a rope? And I was like, well, it's not that I haven't thought about it. I just don't know if I want to tackle it on my last NFR. Yeah. Just give me a couple of days to chew on it. I chewed on it. And, man, my gosh, just, you know, my mind just started going all these places of what I could do and how I could do it. And the only con I had was just getting ready for the NFR. That was it. It's like, shoot, I've wrote my whole life. Surely I can, I can Yeah, you, you know, how to, this out. You know yeah. how to prepare for this. And I had two weeks afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's plenty of time. I'm good. Um, and yeah, I just, in my mind, just started going, man, I could, I could build a home for someone. You know, I, I remember when George Strait used to have his ropings down there in San Antonio, um, right before the short round, I remember one year they presented a, a guy that came, I forget how many tours that he did in Afghanistan and came back and retired and they had found a way to build him and his family a home. I was just moved. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, I was, you know, getting ready. I think I was coming back second high call and I started crying. I was like, that was the coolest thing I ever saw in my entire life. And uh, when I started planning for this rope and I'm like, I could figure out how to do that. Like, holy crap, I could, I could change somebody's life if, if, if I did this right. And man, that was just, that was more or less my mission statement when I started calling people and was like, Hey, would you sponsor this event? Would you get behind this? This is what I think I can do. I can get these military guys coming. We'll give them a roping. Um, we'll have it to where they get a chance to rope with the guys going to the NFR on the mill pro. And then the guys that can't go to the NFR, I'll bring it right to them. I got the top 15 guys right here. Let's just have a great day for them on Veterans Day and say thank you. And all the ticket sales, all the auction items, everything that we make off this rope, and we'll donate for building homes for heroes and see if we can build a home for someone. And freaking did it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. A one-day event. And built um, a home. And 30 yeah. days prep. Like, yeah. I had 30 days to put this thing on and pulled it off. Well, yeah, that was the thing. I didn't. We had kind of planned the match, and I, I, I didn't hear anything about oh, it was your deal. A, it and, was a just kind of like, like I said, the guys come and brought it to me and my mind went and I was like, this will work. See what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an extremely rough draft. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's when you decide to do something like that. Uh, roping is, it's the oddest thing, right? Because it's such a, it can be such a selfish sport. It's, it's kind of yeah. all about, there's a lot of sacrifices mm -hmm. to rodeo Absolutely. and it's about you. I mean, it mm -hmm. really, it really is. It is. And there's a lot of things that get sacrificed. Horses, relationships, mm -hmm. money. I mean, it's it's got to go to you to, to get it there. Um, and then you start, you've hit a stage where uh, you've been able to teach and you have enough credentials and that's kind of seen that coming along. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, um, that had kind of started, you know, and it's it's not a... It's not an easy thing to decide when to to start the next step mm -hmm. of your of your career because rodeoing is 
it's an awesome thing and, and you love it. I mean, that's yeah. something you've always just, the camaraderie, everything, mm -hmm. you've loved it, right? Love competing, yeah. But when did, because there had to have been a group of guys, you know, if you start eight years ago and starting with a group of headers and healers that are, they were all veterans, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the, the original group of guys. And did that kind of get, what was that like when you first got that experience of, of working with those guys? You know, that's a great, great, great topic. And, and you touched on some good topics. Um, you know, yeah, just the, when you, when you talked about how selfish it is to be out here competing, and that's, you know, a lot of people don't know, know that and, and realize that there's a lot to that. Um, and so relationships, that's a good thing about me and Jackie is we both know what it's like to be competitors. And we also both know what it takes to win. And so... And that just wasn't the, the the husband that I knew I could stay doing and, and trying to do this. It's like after a while, I was like, man, what what am I still chasing? You know what I mean? I've got to do everything I ever wanted to do. And um, man, it's it's taken off for her. And like for me, that makes me feel so much better. Is like I don't want the resentment when I come home. I've seen that story in before. You know, I've I've, I've watched that movie. I've seen it play out in my life. I've seen it play out in other people's lives. And and you know, getting to be around these guys starting this deal and, and just being around guys who truly sacrifice things um, was, man, talk about put your feet on the ground. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys risked their lives for us. And some of these guys got blew up that come to this school and they still, they're still fighting, man. They're still, you know, trying to, they want to compete too and they, they love that. And um, yeah, I've gotten to know some some great guys through this and, and, and they've helped me out a lot too with understanding what they've been through. You know, they've had me watch some movies, um, Band of Brothers. It's a HBO series. And then uh, it was on World War II. And also um, they had, to me, I watched uh, The Pacific, where it was the Marines when they went overseas to Japan. So the Band of Brothers was the Army guys that, that went to Germany. And then they had me watch the, the Pacific, where the guys went to Japan and was fighting. And... Man, I, I tell you, the Band of Brothers, I liked it. I did because it. I went hunting with these guys. Um, they've come and helped me build my arena here. We went on trips together. Um, we kind of feels like a Band of Brothers. You know, when you got done watching the movie and you got done being around these guys, like you truly feel closer to them. Um, and uh, then watching the Pacific, uh, that was gruesome. Holy smokes, that was gruesome. That's um, a Clint Eastwood movie, right? What, no, no, it's a another HBO series, but okay. it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 just man, it was the things that they saw, yeah, and then the things that they have to live with, um, and just the hatred that they were they had to have for another, basically, to be able to do their job, you know, they had to hate these people to kill them. And, and it was just, Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. What they had to go through and then come back and then try to fit into civilization. Yeah. You know, no different than watching, um, Chris Kyle's movie, the American sniper, you know, that how do you go from being on red alert to where you're always looking around your shoulder to now all of a sudden you're coming to civilization and you can't just turn that thing on and off. You know, they can't even go, or they get their tires changed without something going off where it sounds like a gunshot. And these suckers are, you know, no one takes care of these. No one helps them with this stuff to kind of like try to help get this. It's like, all right, you're done fighting. Okay, now 
figured out. And, you know, so that's helped me a lot with kind of understanding. Because, like I say, these guys have helped me a bunch with trying to help me understand what some of these guys have gone through. And there's no way I'll ever be able to understand it. But I'm learning so much more and, and understanding at least some of the things that they're trying to go through and trying to get over, you know. And, and uh, you know, sometimes just roping takes all that up away. Um, you know, the... The PTSD, they, they recommend a lot of dogs and things like that. But, you know, there's ways you can get pretty close to a horse also to where, you know, you have that connection and just trying to, even if it's for a week, just be able to get their mind off of some of the things. And I just, I know there's a bunch of people like me. And that's why I'm really trying to uh, get to where um, we can get enough people to this event too, to where somebody's, sometimes they just want to hear thank you. You know, get enough of us to where, hey, we appreciate what you do, and they can see like all these people are there for them. And sometimes, man, and just a little compassion and understanding, because it's not like they're getting it from the press. It's not like they're getting it from some of our, our, our athletes out there. You know, and I just want them to see the Western industry and and our people. Right. Stand up for what we believe, and we believe in them guys, and I want them to see it. You know. Um... This one hit hard for me. I, I didn't realize it. I, I thought I did, but I didn't fully understand it till I, um, we live streamed the Danny Dietz Memorial Roping. And um, the one thing I, it just hit me hard that day, but there's, you know, the families of fallen soldiers, veterans, oh, you know, me, yeah. yeah, and they're all right there watching and trying to help this event. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they're, they're raising money. And, and what I realized is like, well, a lot of us really respect this to the point where we, we just don't even know what to do, right? Absolutely. And just like me. Yeah. And, and so then you got to like, well, what do we donate? Our time, our money? What, what, how, can we, how can we help? And a lot of us don't know how to do it, right? And there's not, there, you hear a lot of good things and you hear a lot of bad things. And, and with, with some fundraisers or things that go on, and so you're like, man, what, what can I do and where can we spend our time mm -hmm. and how can we show, showcase it? And, and that's when I like, you know, when I seen what you're doing with this, I'm like, man, this is, you know, to, to do your own event, right? There's, there's so many moving parts mm -hmm. from raising you mean getting the guys together that's you can get cowboys to come rope and i support it but then you've got sponsors and you've got to create these relationships with sponsors and and get some good companies right and mm -hmm. there's there's challenges with that and there's the media how's it going to be covered promoted mm -hmm. and man i i think the the one thing that's really jumping out to me with this is how we can help and have someone at the helm like you that that can do this. So I think that's, uh, that's been kind of fun to see. Cause now there's, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what I'm wanting to do is, uh, uh how much money did you raise last year? We raised $47,000 on a one day event. And I didn't know at the time, um, you can build a home through building homes for heroes for $25,000. So we were 3000 away from building two. So we pretty much built two. If I didn't know that time, I'd have sold one of my saddles or something. I'd have got the other three. We, we'd have found, we'd have, we'd yeah. have found 3000 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it's probably gone up with the price of everything right now. But um, building homes for heroes, like you say, there's a lot too. even just looking for the, the charities um, that I found out and talking to a lot of other people. And there's some of them out there that, man, the amount of give back that they give back is small. Yeah. Um, building homes for heroes, like 
over 90%, which was like by far more than I think any of the other ones we'd looked at and five star rated. And, you know, when I was able to talk to them, um, yeah, you just, it was almost like a mirror of what we were both wanting to do. And it just, it was just a great fit. And then man, being able to team up with Hillwood with uh, Ross Pro Jr. And they've got with Fred Balda, they've got um, a lot of, I think they're the biggest donors to building homes for heroes. So just, the all three of us, I think we even just on last year on this, on, on our one day event, we were the second biggest donors to building homes for heroes. So okay. I was like, give me 365 days. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's put a whole year I behind can, it. Yeah. I can, I can do some stuff. And, um, yeah, this the sponsors that have came out, um, and, and help with this has been has been awesome because like I said we all we all want to do something and um you know so I've tried to make it kind of a of a three three pong setup right here to where like I said my first my first deal is just like what you were talking about just the, the fact that there's a gold star family out there man just kills me if they're if they're if they're struggling you know the the one person that was um you know, you know, us men are just, we're designed to be the providers of the household. And when your provider gets killed at war and our government doesn't do a very good job of helping the wife and the kids out, man, that's the, that's, that's number one on my priority yeah, list. It's a terrible, you know it's I mean? a terrible, it's, it's almost, it's a nightmare. Embarrassing that. Damn yeah, right. It's yeah, a damn yeah, right. It's embarrassing. That that's, that would be something that would yeah. happen. Right. Exactly right. And just, even if we have to raise the awareness or whatever it is, just, that's my first concern because I cannot imagine. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, if something was happening to me, and uh, you know, I knew that uh, I fought for a country that was left my family desolate. Oh man, you better watch out because if I come back, man, I'm coming after somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. That's maddening for any man. Um, so like I said, man, that's part of the reasons why we're down here. Well, and I, uh, so to you know, we're we're trying to help with that. We're trying to help with uh, you know the the disabled veterans, um, and then uh, you know just help with the guys too that just need a spark. You know, um, the guys coming to school, man, they 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 love it. They they love the camaraderie. They love you know getting a rope, and they have a passion for it. And they want some of them want to get better. Some of them want to just be able to hang with the guys and catch up on a few tips and, and, uh, get to rope and enjoy it. And so we have that for him. And then, um, you know, last year I had a, a command sergeant major come in and it was, it was inspiring just to have him here. That's the second highest ranked enlisted as you can get. And that's an honor to have somebody like that here. Yeah. And they say that's an honor to have somebody like that, that'll actually come and do something like that, that'll lower his standards enough to like learn to be taught because they're used to like, they're very highly ranked. So it was an honor to have him there. He just wanted to learn how to rope. So got a rope, showed him how to rope. Next day we got him on a horse, chased a dummy around, loved it. Right. Loved it. He left there, bought a horse, bought a trailer, and bought a dog. And that's what inspired me this year was like, let's let's do something for the guys looking for an outlet. So on Tuesday we have a Horns and Heroes just to where anybody, first responder or military that wants to learn how to rope. I thought, man, what a what a great way to at least introduce them to this industry. So it's kind of, we're learning more each year. Yeah. Which is great. Well, and I love this idea because, I mean, we want we want the sport to grow mm-hmm. in general, but we want it to grow because 
th there's the the perspective we give you like the rodeo in perspective when we talk about it being pretty selfish and the, it's almost the exact opposite when it's done at a family level right right and if you're not there's guys that can do the pro rodeo and deal and, and make it work and, and be healthy, but there's also times where it's hard to, to balance that. Absolutely. But the unique thing about roping, right, is if, hey, if you want to start healing, you can, you can go jackpotting with your whole family. Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that aspect that we have a, a starting point from really novice ropings to grow, you can do it with friends and family, mm. and, and you can be competitive at a late age. And you can be competitive with people you you love or whatever it's family yeah. members, and I think that's that's what's so special, right? And you give someone uh, something to work at that is a sport that I think can be pretty pure at that at that standpoint. And, I agree. And I think that's that's what I love the most about roping. Like I, I don't know that I love the rodeo <laughs> rodeo aspect as much, but I love the the actual like what it can be at its purest form Absolutely. and it's i think it's a, a great great family and uh you know not just blood family but you you make relationships out there that are that are unreal right mm -hmm. some of my best friends i've met through rodeo and you know my wife i've met through rodeo and roping and and things like that and you know i've always compared roping to golf and the fact that there's not an age limit there's not a gender limit you know there's there's categories for every every roper at every level and and everyone still loves to compete. You know, that's the reason why a lot of the bronc riders and bull riders, you know, in the father time will kick their butt a little faster than team roper. And if you still want to compete, it's a pretty good outlet for that also. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm excited about too, just like what you're talking about is making sure that our event is a family-friendly event. You know, we're having a Halloween costume or any kid under 10 years old that comes Saturday night that they're dressed up, you know, they get in free. And, you know, we want the kids there. You yeah. know, one of the things too that it, I feel like I need to take the torch on that um, my dad did a great job that I still admire him for was I remember when I uh, grab assing around one night at circuit finals and they had introduced all the cowboys that made the circuit final in front of the arena during the national anthem and somebody was, I'm sure we were talking about some productive like where we were headed to after the rodeo or something and I turned my back to the flag because um, someone was asking me a question and just... And, I mean, I was out of college and realized what I was doing. Yeah. And I walk out of the arena after the national anthem, and I see my dad coming down from the stands and walking right over there by the gate as we were walking out and seeing that index finger pointing towards me. And, you know, it did that one of those, you know, where you better get your ass over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, you, like, you know, just by the, how they're walking, like, <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And I was confused as heck because I'm like, I haven't even competed yet. You yeah. know, how did I screw up already? And yeah. I didn't even, I haven't even roped yet, you know? Yeah. And he did. He's like, Hey, come here. Don't you ever, ever turn your back to that flag ever again. Like you realize you respect that flag and you never turn your back to that flag during the national anthem. You hold your hand over your heart and you stare at that flag and you respect that flag. I had no idea. And, 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 and he was right. And, and I knew at the time that I did. I did turn my back, but I had no idea that was being disrespectful because I was a young punk kid, you know, that was thinking about winning. You wow. know, we're having fun. And, and, and I still remember that to this day. I'll never forget about it. Thank God that I had a dad that, that taught me those things. Um, and there's so many kids out there that don't. And this is one of the things going forward I want to, I want to get some kids and have some junior events and, and things like that and, and show these kids what it's like to be patriotic and, you know, talk about things that they may not hear. You know, in my opinion, if I was, 
dang it, I mean, if I was a college professor, I'd have made every student look and see what happened in Afghanistan a couple months ago. And when you have people jumping on a jet, on the side of a jet, with a less than 0.001% of living, you're hanging on to that jet in sure death. You know you're going to die. Yeah. But there's one chance of freedom that you might have that if you, in your mind you can hang on to get to the United States. That's what these people need to see. There's people dying to try to get into this state. Right. In this country. And we're talking about how this is this country is this and is that. And then you've seen some military guys walking and you've seen mothers giving their infant child to a soldier trying to give their infant child a better life. I'm telling you, mothers are not wired to do that. Yeah, they're that's... doing it because they know that that what they live at is not good for their kids. And I, I'm I'm all for the freedom of speech, and I'm all for you can believe what you want to believe, but people need to see that there's a reason this country is so great, and where we have turned to where people think this is a whatever you want to call it, and there's people dying to try to get here. It's it's. Our government, man, is, is preaching a bad propaganda, and we're getting sold alive straight from the devil, and it pisses me off. I think um, when you look at it, that's true oppression, right? Mm -hmm. When you'll die to get in, um, I don't think we understand what oppression really means right, in the don't. United States anymore. And I think we, we feel oppressed, but... Um, <laughs> you can feel a lot of things. Yes, uh, but mm -hmm. when you go to an area like that where you realize... like. This is what, it, yeah, this is what it takes. Like I, I, I don't have rights and, um, or opportunity at all. And I think that's, we take that for granted. And, and this is something that, you know, going back to standing for the flag and like how, how you conduct yourself during the national anthem. I've always noticed that with you. I, it's been years of it, but it's like, you've always stood still. You've always stood up stared at the flag and and i i don't remember what rodeo we were at but i was thinking about that and it kind of like sets the tone because it is an atmosphere where it's pretty laid back at a rodeo and everyone you know stands for the flag but you could be back there by the trailer kind of getting ready and and almost not hear the national anthem playing and and i just remember one of those times like that like you stopping and and where you could barely hear it and and i and i got thinking about that um funny that you brought that up but where it come from for me, every time after that, I would just reflect while the song was playing. Like, okay, I'm here. What does it truly mean? At, like, it's root for me to have this chance, right? And uh, and I think understanding that has really made me appreciate rodeo and appreciate the the world that we get to live mm -hmm. in because we did we did hit the lottery by just being oh, yeah. being American, Absolutely. you know, citizen, and uh, and the fact that we do have such a strong military is the reason why we're able to not get pushed around by other countries and and we get to do the things that we get to do. And I think understanding that the people that volunteer to do this, to serve, um, they they may not believe in, and a lot of people are gonna disagree with our government and how things but are done, right? But they do it because the person next to them because of their families to mm -hmm. for for freedom and mm -hmm. and to not be oppressed yep. and to help people that are oppressed and i think that sacrifice and understanding that 
and what we get to do is, is something we can forget because it's, it's so damn easy where we live. Like literally our biggest problems can be heading a steer or healing a steer. Right. Can you imagine trying to tell that to someone that's served and, and seen taking gunfire? Yeah. And, and, or taking a life or taking, mm, you know, being absolutely. asked to do something to, to walk around in an environment and a day in and day out basis where your life is in danger yeah. and your friends' lives are in danger. That is, that is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so and it's probably something we'll never, I hope to God that we never in my, our kids never have to hopefully endure. You yeah. Know. And, and I think we, we have lions here, you know, we have fighters and a lot of us have that, that spirit. And I think it's our duty to support that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the understanding it and what, what these guys are asked to do and what they do. And then they come, they come back and it, it's to, to give them opportunities in our industry and show them like, Hey, this is what we're about. And we don't deal with much bullshit, right? Yep. Like we don't, there's stuff that goes on in other sports and, you take a knee, that thing better be blown out. Yeah, yeah. We don't. You got two choices: you can stand, or you can doctors release this event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you can stand or doctor out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Charlie, that's that's an amazing thing to to start down this path, right? And to to get here with with this for you, you know. So, and and that's where like we wanted the X Factor to get involved too. So oh, the other, your the guys' other... help has been awesome too with getting us out. It's been humbling seeing what you guys have been doing to help with this it's awesome well and that's like i go back to my problem is i i want to help but i don't know what to do and and that's where i was like okay well we've proven our pay-per-view works we've got a a nice format for it so i was like all of our proceeds from our our monthly membership sold this the week of the event and all the pay-per-view event uh that's sold will go right to and i don't think what people understand what how much that helps holy smokes i mean that's what you guys are doing is oh that's i'm telling you man if you're military guys you need to you need to be joining next factor because they're a huge huge um backing for what what you guys stand for and what we all stand for um i'm just i'm uh honored that you guys are doing what you're doing i appreciate that no I'm, it's i'm honored to be involved and and so that's that's what i was wanting to to start getting out there is hey we we want to give as much back as as we possibly can and how we know and i was yeah. like well if you can't make the event because it's a it you know one of the ways you make money is gating it mm-hmm. um there's going to be a merch, few merch. yeah mm-hmm. yep uh the silent auctions Live uh, auctions yeah um yep. so and then also I, the pay-per-view seemed to just fit perfectly. Absolutely. And, and then one thing with X Factor is if you buy a, a pay-per-view pass or a membership, they both get access. So I was like, well, I, I don't want to be making money off of this. So I was like, hey, we need to we need to donate our membership that week too. So there's something I thought, oh, yeah. you know, we we would love to, to figure that out, how we can support this and, and grow it. Because, Absolutely. you know, I, to watch you change over the last seven or eight years um, – you know, we've had the opportunity to, to video that school and when hell when we were first starting on a little mm-hmm. handy cam, we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, to to go from that stage and then to to watch the relationships happen. Cause you know, you got you're you're one of the boys, you know, and you hang out with the guys, you're one of the boys. And you got like I'll be if honest. If anyone seen your, your event last year <laughs> and all my boys were in the stands, yeah, holy were, smokes. They were was, going they were going wild, right? Was, Every, it was like a 
Army versus Navy football game. It was it was a I've never had a home team like that before in my life, and that was pretty fun. Yeah, at our match open last year was right <laughs> right before it. You were you because you were doing the the schools mm-hmm. like had started, yep. and then your event was later on at Lone Star that week. Yep. So our pay per view event, the match open, was that night. Mm-hmm. So all those guys were there. The boys were all there. Yeah. Man, it was fun. Holy um, smokes! Probably one of the loudest jackpots I I have Patrick heard. Patrick Smith came up to me. He says, "Hey." I don't care if Clay Smith and Jade Corkill win this thing or not. You literally won this roping. Everyone will remember that you won this roping because of all your guys were there. Yeah. And <laughs> that was pretty cool. You know, and I, I was even talking to Nikki about it. What what was wild, um, I could kind of see behind the scenes what you were doing. Um, but then we kind of get that break before the, the – from what you were doing with the school and our, our match roping is going to start in a few hours. And I – happened to peek in the office and you're just passed out at the, at the, all of the chairs in the office and you could tell it was the only spot where it was quiet and i don't know if nikki showed you the picture or if we if we put it out there but nikki she takes a picture of you just passed out because you really don't like to get her pictures taken with when she's doing it anyway so she's like i'm, I'm getting one of him now but i i had to i had to think about that i was like you know when you talk about someone giving it all they have yeah. right like that's that's the one thing I go back to rodeoing and and I th- I really encourage anyone that has the dream of rodeoing to do it and put everything you have into it mm-hmm. uh, because it will teach you what you're made of yeah and then it allows you to apply it to the next thing mm-hmm. and absolutely the fact that I don't know how much sleep you'd had or how wore out <laughs> you were but to to see that you're like this guy's put his heart into this event. And, and for and for people that don't know that I'm extremely introverted, um, always been a very 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 shy kid, and to learn to be personable and, and be confident with it is is something I've had to learn along the way. But um, to be around a lot of people um, for me is can be almost mentally exhausting. Um, you're trying to give everyone your attention and and then trying to compete at the same time, and you know that's always been a hard balance for me. And and uh, yeah, every once in a while I just need 15 minutes to where I can just kind of regroup for a minute <laughs> yeah and uh and then get and then you're good you get back after it and uh yeah i remember that that had that happened a few times that week because it like i said 30 days prep was going into this roping and doing a school and then trying to compete and you know and i'm competing man it's, it's there's a lot of um a lot of energy that's used in just your mental game and keeping up with what's going on and you know different start different steers you know things like that different horses riding and then trying to you know keeping up with where jade and you know clay are at that point in time or um you want to stay with them but you don't want to try to beat yourself and and then yeah this had a pretty good performance and then uh just when it was over it was like oh that was fun but that was you know like say we've been doing schools and moving cattle around since probably six or seven that morning and then I think your deal is over nine or ten and so yeah in between doing a school and then and then still making phone calls to put the event on after the after your deal was over then i had another event to put on and there's a lot to it but um it's enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing where this thing's blowed up from where we where we started. Oh, absolutely. How do you um, lock it in? You know what I mean when you got to because there's times where, well, if you it doesn't matter if it's a school, if it's a, it's now meetings like it's meeting with sponsors, mm-hmm. it's preparing to come you know for runs like that when you're so spread out. How do you get to that spot where you can lock it in and, and get what the message you need across or get the best out of yourself? How do you try to do that? 
you know, I've, I've told the story enough times and stuff, and I've gone over my head about where I'm trying to go with this event, and you know, it's where I get my my confidence if it comes down to you know talking to sponsors is I believe it. Uh, my dad always told me that he was a terrible salesman, but if he believed it, um, you know, he could sell it. Yeah. And I believe in what I'm doing, and I don't know how to lie to myself. Um, never been that way. Uh, like I truly believe in what I'm doing and I truly believe I can make a difference and I'm passionate about it. And like I said, the last thing I would, I mean, it, it would keep me up at night, um, knowing that something happened to my, to myself, that if my family was, um, there that man, I would just pray to God, someone's fighting for him. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's me. I don't know. Um, I, uh, huge, huge fan of Pat Tillman. You yes. remember him? Arizona Cardinals linebacker, uh, was the Sun Devils uh, in college. That dude was a straight-up beast, man. And I remember just watching that deal. He left a, was a three- or five-million-dollar contract. I forget what it is. It was a good contract. Yeah. In the millions. Yes, he was a starting... Linebacker. Yeah, starting linebacker in the league. Uh, and when 9-11 happened, and his alpha freaking instincts just... He went and fought for this country. Yeah. And uh, that dude's inspiring to me. And same with Chris Kyle. You watch his story. Same thing. Seeing what was going on. Going to do something about it. And uh, I just never could figure out what I could do. You know, I mean, having me probably going and fighting a war would be like having your two of your best <laughs> men gone. You know, I mean, I'll, I'm like a barrel racer's dog. I'll find a way to get in the gate and bark and be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, um, I'm notorious for that. My dad always said that. Um, but. I just thought, man, maybe there's another angle I can go. And, um, man, this just feels right. You know, this just feels like, man, I can, I can make a difference with the guys that are doing this. And I'm learning something every year. I'm learning I'm more and more every day. And like I say, I've got a, a band of ambassador brothers behind me that, uh, that help me understand this and make sure that my hat ain't on backwards when I'm getting into the military side of things. And, and, uh, so I, I like I said, I'm I like I like what we're doing. Um, I believe in it. How did that get started? The the ambassadors. Um, what 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 is you know you say that that group of brothers. What is that? Well, it's a group of guys that have been coming to my schools. That uh, man, I just trust them. I feel like they got my back. You know, if there's, um, I've been getting a lot of phone calls from ropers and stuff that um, have family members that got PTSD, and military personnel and firefighters or cops and things that have just seen things, man, that they can't get out of their head and literally call me. Um, and I've got outlets with these guys that I can get them help. I can get them a number. I can, you know, I can get these people in front of people through my ambassadors and guys that, that know things. And, you know, I got one of the guys that, you know, run a VA and up there in uh, um, Kansas. And, you know, I've got search and rescue guys that are a part of this and you know just everybody's got their own strengths right here to where um you know they make sure that i understand what the military guys are going through and if there's other people that need help like these are kind of a group of guys that believe in what i'm doing that got my back that um man we're, we all got the same mentality is let's help as many people as we can right and a lot of them are from like your first few like military schools and stuff like that and that's mm -hmm. kind of how you got connected with them is just just through that and it's it's grown to kind of a community where mm -hmm. if someone does need need something they they 
they're probably you guys got the connections now mm-hmm. to to refer them or wh- whatever it may be whether it's i mean whether they want to get started roping or maybe they want some some personal help you can kind of help help point them in the right direction so i'm starting to see like where some of these roles are are coming in and you know and um like i said the bigger this event's gonna go the more things i'm gonna have to learn which i'm i'm up for so yeah um we've got a big five-year goal from where this is now and where where we want it to go and um like say next year man one of the inspiring things we want to get to we want to battle the branches we want to get to where army versus navy and you know the uh, coast guard versus marines you know get get everybody in there we want the first responders in there too and we'll get the cops against the firefighters and just kind of have a tournament style deal with like say there's so many ways this thing can grow and making it fun and um you know i got a, a group of guys in austin right now and my great buddy's tom nelson he's He's rounding up some people over there to try to get some of these guys' trip paid for. Um, you know, this isn't one thing I love about rodeo is like just like you talk, it's a great family event, and this is going to be a great family event that I'm putting on. But you know, team roping can be expensive, and so we're going to try to kind of help you know relieve some of the load with some of the guys there that you know we can pay for their travel or you know things like that. So we're trying to find other ways to where, um, like I say, there's a lot of moving parts to this, so a lot of things to remember. You know, we're trying to. I've almost got twenty thousand rounded up for the military roping, right? So it's going to pay ten thousand a man. Um, a Saturday night, we're going to have five full rounds, the top guys in the world going at it, and in between the second, third round, we're going to have it to where the military guys, the top fifteen round, is going to be that night in front of a pay per view live event that you're putting on in front of a sold out crowd in the NFR type setting with ten grand a man with great elite saddles. Um, for the winners, uh, legend tack and silver buckles. Last year, um, Christy Snowden made buckles for the military guys that donated them. They cost 900 just to make. Wow. Like, these are sweet buckles. Yeah, yeah. Kerry Kelly, we got some um, Kerry Kelly spurs, which if you want to watch Yellowstone, man, if you're anybody, you got Kerry Kelly spurs. I'm wearing some Kelly spurs right now. Me too. So that, that's all going to be sitting right there with the winners of the military rope and holding up a check that says ten grand. Like that's been my goal yeah. all year long. Um, like I wanted to be on the cover of um, our Facebook uh, cover photo all year till next year. You know, yeah. just highlighting these guys and giving these guys a, a chance right there to, you know, celebrate um, a victory. No, no different than what the NFL top guys in the world are getting to do too. You know, we're just trying to keep everything to where, you know, these guys are getting the the, the same limelight as the best guys in the world. So. You can't do that in football. No. You can't do that in basketball. That's what I love about this industry, man. It's it's unique. Yeah. You, we can do a lot of things in a lot of different ways that other people can't. Well, yeah, you can put them in a spot where they get to test themselves. They get to test their, their, their roping out, mm-hmm. right? And put them in a situation that they, they get to watch a lot on TV mm-hmm. and something that's very prestigious with that NFR setup. And, well, and just to thank my sponsors, I can't thank them enough. You know, you got Hillwood and Ariat and... Uh, um, Black Rifle Coffee is going to be there. I get to meet those guys. I don't I'm know ex- if you guys know those. Oh, Nikki is mm-hmm. yeah, veteran-owned yeah. coffee company. I'm part of the coffee club. I get a, yeah. I get a couple bags. What of you coffee. guys are doing, um, American Hats has been huge for us and getting us um, airtime and putting commercials out there. And last year they gave hats to all the guys. Um, you talk about a military backbone. That company has it, and I can. I'm so impressed to be able to be with Classic Ropes also. I mean, look at their tags, red, white, and blue. Yeah. And we've all got the same, the same, uh, 
um, patriotic bone and stuff. And that's what's helping make this Saturday night going to be as special as it is, as the sponsors to be able to help put this thing on. I mean, this is going to be exciting. It's going to be dramatic. It's going to be emotional. We're going to give away a home to somebody again. And, uh, you know, so this is, is it's fun. I'm learning a lot about business. I'm learning a lot about networking. I'm learning a lot about how to put on an event, um, a rodeo, a roping. Yeah, I'm just some <laughs> dumbass kid from Camby Hawking that barely learned how to head steers, you know. Yeah. You <laughs> but know. it's exciting. Like I said, that's what keeps me up to where, like, when I'm driving, it's like, now you can see when, when they said, hey, do you think about having a roping? This is where my head went. I'm like, man, could I have a roping? I could have way more than a roping. Yeah, you made it your own deal. You put yeah. your own spin on it. Dang right, man. This man. could be this could be freaking sky's the limit on how much fun we could have with this and I don't know, it just it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Well you won. Um, congratulations on it because it's hard to uh, stretch yourself. And this is a big stretch. You know, this is as much as you got as far as you can go, I think. Is it's a big swing of the bat to do something like this. And it's you're out there, you're, you know, you're fully exposed, <laughs> no you know, and, exactly right. and man, to, to do that, m m many people that, I mean, a high percentage of the population don't even do that once in their life. Yeah. So to do that and. Well, and I tell you what, like not only with sponsors is just having a great team. You know, I got, um, Ace High Marketing there with Amanda Schaffer that's been huge. Oh my gosh, this lady, what she does behind the scenes. I've talked to her a few times. Holy and smokes, I'm, man. I was telling her that I was like, her ability to to manage and is is She's, unreal. Yeah. yeah. And you I mean, talked about a girl that truly believes in helping and, and getting behind this and um, believes it too. You know, I mean this girl's right there with us and you know, Troy Applegate's another great friend of mine um, from Dallas who's helped me kind of get this off the ground and inspire me to kind of, you know, think outside the box. And he's a great idea guy. Um, Bill Force, he used to work for uh, Ross Perot Jr. He was a Marine helicopter pilot, uh, retired cop. Now he's, for his, what he does there is hobby, search and rescue guy. I guess his hobby. Yeah. He didn't get paid for it. He just does it. Just likes to. He's just a. Just likes a, to serve. He's a man of all men. And yep. that guy's, oh, what a blessing it is to have that guy on your team. And. Um, you know, without, and like I say, the rest of my guys are all military guys, you know, that's, um, and then Black Rifle Coffee, it's going to be so much fun to have those guys there. I've, I've watched their story. I've been studying them on YouTube to where, you know, they had to start somewhere and, you know, so you watch their story and I feel like I'm kind of right there in that same spot where I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing started also. And, um, you know, to be able to be around those guys that are good at business and to be able to hopefully get some ideas from them and. Uh, like I say, there's there's no telling where this thing could go in five years. Yeah, and th that's the thing is the foundation of it is where you have the companies that are sponsoring it, they want to be involved mm -hmm. and they're proud to be involved. And, and that it, that creates a stronger environment, right? Because now you've you've got an event where you get a mix. The It's going to be one of the, the best ropings to watch. You know, the, the fact that we don't have to sit through a whole, whole rodeo and you get to watch these yep. guys get the NFR start going mm -hmm. and work at that. And it's, it's going to be like, well, like what I talked about with these pay-per-view events that I was wanting to do anyways, is to showcase the best ropers right. in the world. Their, their, their actual talent, like what, what they can do. It's, it's hard to understand it how you get to watch it a few times mm -hmm. in, in setups and watch them figure it out. 
and then to, to bring veterans in to, to have the opportunity to take them from the very beginning. If, if you don't know how to rope at all, you don't know anything about it, you've set that up to where you can get them going. And you have the resources and connections to, to get them going. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just saying um, a minute ago to a guy that had never done it at all. And and, he, and he's going to compete this year at yeah, AMC. He's gonna, and that was, was that a year ago? Yeah. Okay, so within one year, you've taken a guy that did not know one thing about it to he's going to compete. He's going to compete this year. I told him, I said, look, man, I said, because he's the, the command sergeant major. And so he's you know, he's a leader, he's yeah. a leader, he's a man among men. And, um, you know, I said, man, help me. I want, I want you to help me with something. You know, he's wanting to learn how to rope. I said, I would love it if you can get here once a month, I'll do it for free. I said, but I want your story. Yeah. Because I really feel like your story is going to help so many of your guys, um, toward, like I say, they're, they're looking a lot. So many guys are getting out and looking for an outlet. And he got to see, I think what a great outlet this is. And, so that's that's what we're gonna try to do with that, and that's like I say he's one that's inspired me for the the Tuesday Heroes and Horns is let's uh, let's see how many of these guys we can help. Yeah, and, and and I think that's one of the biggest things I I just keep hammering on is I feel like in our industry we want to be an outlet we just don't know how. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And so this is a great opportunity. Because we want right those here. guys, those are the type of guys we want anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you you want the you want the straight shooters. You want the mm-hmm. guys that are that that want to work at it, that want to improve, that enjoy the hard work, and that's that's what we want in our sport. This mm-hmm. is not a lazy sport. Right. This is not something that you you get to do as a privilege and and take for granted yep. there's there's a lot of things about the sport that is it's truly a privilege and and i think you want people competing and doing that that understand what a privilege it is to do yeah, this absolutely you know? and like i say these are the guys you want involved and then and i'm telling you there's a lot of things that can be on your mind and you can go practice for a few hours and man it does help yeah help with a lot um get your mind off of it and get around your buddies and you know it's i think that'll help a lot yeah i mean how how fun is competition mm. and that's one of the things i miss the most now still be able to go compete with chad and luke and the other day i got to your open i was like God, i missed this this is fun you just get, this little bit right here this is fun yeah you get to test yourself and it's just you get nerves that you don't expect mm-hmm. and you get it see how you manage those and yeah. and then you get to see all right this is this is what i'm doing and and those feelings people never get them at all and and that's crazy to think that um and i think that's what's so fun about taking chances and and betting on yourself and Mm -hmm. and seeing how far you can really go absolutely charlie absolutely this was fun man i i appreciate it i this is a huge swing of the bat and i'm i'm really proud of you because it's like i said it's to do this is great and to to give us us a chance and and other people a chance to to be involved is is big you know it's well, i appreciate I, it and just you know just for your viewers too just some things to think about too is some of the things that so this is where we we go to generate money is um, a lot of people have helped with uh, silent auction items live auction items that we're going to be bidding off like gosh we got a uh, kinetic vet uh, jd hill he donated two tickets next year for the kentucky derby wow for auction items um, he helped uh, sponsor the bleachers to get us there to where we can put up an NFR arena. You know, there's been so many guys, uh, Durham Trailer Ranch, uh, um, you know, they, they donated a, a, a cricket, 
you know, those are the one little the little golf carts you can put in the front manger. Yeah. So yeah. when you go go to the big events, you got something you can drive around and feed your horses. Are those are the ones that expand out too? Then like they they can kind of come packed in when they go in the stall. Is that how those work? I think it's just small enough that it fits inside there. Okay. But it is a handy. Yeah, like yeah. My wife inspired me for one of those because, you know, um, they go to so many all girl events and they're like, oh man, just to have something you can go feed in and send out the pack hay around. And some of those big events, you, you where you're parked would be a long way from your stalls. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's huge. And, uh, you know, just all the spawn, um, so our live auction items and, um, our silent auction items, all that money goes towards, um, the charity okay. and our ticket sales all goes towards the charity. So we want to pack that thing. Yeah. Um, all the merchandise, um, for what we, you know, we bought all of our merchandise, all the money proceeds go to, um, building homes for heroes and the charity and same thing with you guys stepping up and our Calcuttas, you know, we got, we got a Calcutta Sunday night. So, you know, this is a great warm up for the NFR guys too, to go see, all right, who's, you know, cause you know, you guys going to be betting on them team rappers here in, in December. So this is a good spot to kind of see who's on, who, who kind of, yes. you want to put your money on. So we got Calcuttas for that same thing. All the proceeds go for, um, towards veterans and, uh, so those are kind of the ways where people can get involved and, and then donations, you know, we got donation pages that you put up and we put up and, um, things like that. So yeah, there's lots of ways to, to help, um, you know, either with auction items or bidding on things or, um, we're just trying to make it to where anybody can be involved. So American, uh, military celebration on Facebook, and that will have all the information of where to go for the silent auction, um, mm -hmm. In any information where yep. they want to donate ticket sales um, oh, okay. event bright um, if you buy it online it's five dollars cheaper okay so you can save money going through event bright and then um, you know or just show up and you know it's a little bit more but like say that all goes towards the okay. cause so event bright and then also your website right has yes has you all know, the information dot com and click on American military celebration stroll down there and you can get all the information out of that too also. So. Yep, and if you guys have questions, you know, you, you can message the Absolutely. X Factor Roping fan page, anything you guys Me, need. Yeah, yeah, anything, you know. Well, Charlie, so, that's that's great. It's exciting. I, it's nerve-wracking, but it's exciting. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to think that um, this gets your nerves going as much as preparing for... BFI. Yeah. NFR, all of it, which is great, though. I've never, you know, I mean, you did, gosh, Pace, when you were talking about uh, you know, what it's like to compete. And, you know, that was the hardest thing was competing with kids is, you know, managing your time. Cause the last thing I ever want to do is, you know, where the kids screaming to try to get my attention to go do something. And I can't cause I'm busy roping or doing that. And, um, I never wanted to be that dad. Um, same thing with Jackie, uh, her career's taken off and I love watching her win. I love watching her compete. You know, that. That girl's that girl's talent level, man, is off the charts. I swear that girl's freaking Trevor's brother, sister. You know, I mean, they could be brother and sister. Yeah. Same mentality, same just intelligence, sharpness, horsemanship. Oh man, it's just it's fun to watch, and um, you know, just to be able now to give back. You know, I I, I never got to do that rodeo. Yep. Um, you know, it was always yeah needed sponsors so I can keep going and um, put on schools and trying to learn more as you know i started learning more about schools and thought that you know that way no matter what you know if if uh if something was to happen that hopefully that you know more i learn about that um at least i'll have something to fall back on 
um, which is not not a desperation. It was it was inspiring because the more I learned about schools, the more I, the better I started learning about roping. Um, and then I started studying the mental game, and then oh my gosh, then that would that helped me so much more with my schools too. You know, some of this, like you say, the nerves, the the emotions you feel. Um, you know, dealing with that stuff, where your where your conscience goes, is it for you against you? You telling yourself how good you are, or you telling yourself how much you suck? You know, those little things like that. Um, I battled with. Yeah. So then, man, it was just so much fun, and I was just I just kept learning so much more about my um, how to teach and how to deal with it, and what inspired me. And you know, so it's just fun now to kind of come full circle, and you can see, you know. Now I can see a lot of what my dad was talking about when, you know, you want to get smarter with age and you want to, because, oh man, to be able to give back some of the knowledge that you've gained and, um, man, it's, it's fun. And, you know, now I've been able to take my kids to go and compete. Cadence has been competing and, you know, trying to show her, like she won her high school rodeo last week in the team open. Right. And she was five, eight on sailor. Um, and speed was standing there the other day at the high school rodeo and, J.J. Hampton was there watching one of her girls compete, and J.J. hollered at me, Hey, Charlie, what what Cadence do yesterday? And I said, Oh, she won the breakaway. And I said, Hey, she also won the team rope, and then Speed was standing right behind her. I said, Yeah, it was awesome. I said, She beat Speed's boy. <laughs> and Speed just put his hand in his in his head right there and shaking his head because he knew I was going somewhere stupid with it. And oh, yeah. I said, Oh, I said, Man, I told her how proud I was of her. I said, I can't, you know, I said, Hey, you did one thing I can never do. I said, uh, I tried for 25 years to beat that boy's dad. I never could. I said, you got one in on him already. I said, good job. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember, remember that one because that, that guy didn't give him away easy. That did not. That guy didn't give away nothing. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> so this has just been fun. I mean, shoot our high school rodeo. We got, you know, Cody Ohl's kid competing against Cadence, uh, Speed's kid, uh, Bobby Moat's kid, uh, uh, John Paul Lacerro's kid, uh, Rich Skelton's girl. You know what I mean? Like, talk about a, a lineup lineup yeah <laughs> it's fun like i told us man these are the things you're gonna remember forever like this is fun yeah and and getting to the point where you know teaching and communicating um it makes you understand this you got to understand the sport so much more mm -hmm. right because it's it's one thing to teach your body how to do it but then you got to know why it's doing what it's doing yeah how it's working and all the and then how to explain that mm -hmm. and then how to explain it in a way that it's positive right Oh yeah, that's that's. And a you challenge. talk about you talk about and and, and teaching the public is um, has its you know challenges, and but nothing like parenting and trying to teach your kid the challenges of that. Holy smokes! Um, you know the one thing that Jackie and I completely stress to one another, and I think I feel like we do we do really do do a good job is not living through our kids. Yeah, um, that is one thing that. I feel like I'm completely uh, secure about is, um, hey, this kid's going to go their own route. It's going to do their own thing. It's going to mess up. And we, we preach, you win or you learn. Yeah. And so the pressure of winning is their pressure. Like it's because it's they want to do good, not because we're living through them, because we want them, we want them to do good, but we also know it's a process. Yeah. And I can't stress to parents enough of the pressure that you could take off of them if you're just you're you're that go-to person when they're messed up not the one person they 
they dread talking to or seeing after the event because rodeoing's hard enough. Um, Speedy said it really good on one of his podcasts is, is hey, rodeo on a beach down enough as it is. They don't, you don't want it coming from your family members. Yeah, you don't need any um, more of it. Right. So to be a, a great support system, but then also making sure that, you know, like one thing I stress about with Cadence is, hey, you need to make sure you have a, a learning spirit, um, you know, and stuff. And, and we, we, we get on our more about attitude than we do if, if there's ever a miss. If there's a miss, there's a constructive way around, well, this is what we work on when we get back, but attitude's huge. Yeah. Um, attitude at a that age, too, is it's really hard because it's it's easier, like, the older I've gotten. I, I get to now, I, like, I, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, if I miss, I don't, it doesn't really, it, does, it, it actually means nothing to anyone else that's watching. It only matters to me. Right. And at that age... It means everything. It means it's everything. You, you tie it to your self worth, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and if you this, I, that's the one thing I really wish I could have done at an early age is mm-hmm. disconnect that is yeah. my my performance to my self worth, right? Mm-hmm. And and actually um, enjoyed the the process of getting better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a tough one. Yeah, it's it's really hard to to get there, but then you Such can a maturity. Yeah, and you gotta fall in love with the the sport. Then you gotta mm-hmm. fall in love with the the, the process. Yeah, the the little details, mm-hmm. and and then if you can do that at an early age, I think that's wow. where you create a that's Man, you, create someone a monster. That, yeah, you can't beat that person yeah. because yeah. they just they go out there because that's what they do. You know, and the one thing I, she's roping a little boy named Dodge Hare, and he's the greatest little kid ever. He's yeah. got the greatest attitude. You don't know if he caught or if he missed when he walks back. <laughs> yeah. And I told her, I said, man, this, this is the perfect partner. Yeah. Um, you're going to be able to remember this and have fun. Like, that's the guys that I loved roping with. I loved roping with the guys that wanted to rope with me. Right. That was a huge um, confidence builder for me. Logan helped me make my last NFR. I don't care what anybody says. He may not have made it before, but he helped me make my last NFR. Yeah. He believed in me. You know, he knew I still had some left in the tank. And that meant a lot. And, you know, and then, like I say, you know, the attitude's huge because that's, that just carries over in anything you do in and out of the arena. Um, whether she wants to be a professional roper or not, if you have a good attitude, you're going to be good at whatever you want to do. Well, yeah, you, you go back to that, um, that learning spirit and that, mm-hmm. that attitude. Well, that's, that's where we talk about this. It, it's a great education because it can be applied to so many things. And that person that has that, that mentality of competing and understanding what it takes to get better, enjoying the process of it, and and understanding that. Well, when you apply that to the next thing, it 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 creates a huge work ethic. Yeah. And a person that they know what they're doing, or or even better, if they're not supposed to be doing that, they don't do it and they move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Winter really important. Yeah. yeah. Dealing with loss, man. Knowing how to deal with loss, that's one of the biggest things. Learning how to win. Yep. You know, there's some guys that say, well, I'll show you a guy learn how to lose and I'll show you a loser. Man, that's not true if you learn how to be productive on it. Oh, I, I agree. Um, I've lost a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And it made me who I was. Exactly. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I, I roped really poor at the match roping and the jackpot the next couple of days. And my roping got better throughout the week. And I roped better and better. And I, and I didn't have a successful week financially. But I at the end of it, I was like, I improved right. while I was competing. Yeah. 
And I literally, and I looked at it like that. I'm like, all right, here's what I needed to do. And I just started taking mental notes of yeah. if I want to go to the next step with this, this is the process. And finding that groove. And when you find that groove, all right, what, how did I find that groove? That's yep. the biggest thing is, all right, I found a groove right here. How did I find that? Yep. And, and recreating that, um, mm-hmm. that, that groove, um, that's that's a tough one yeah Yeah. and and i think that's just takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it also takes a lot of uh self-awareness with your mind as well yeah i agree maybe we should just start doing a weekly podcast on uh on our (laughs) on our minds charlie i feel like it's fun yeah i enjoyed it yeah thank you like i said man thanks for everything you're doing with this holy smokes this is this is fun man this is uh can't believe that uh what we're going to be able to do with this like i say we all have the same heart we all we're all in the same spot. It's just, um, man, we got an opportunity now. This yeah. It's great. And um, for people that don't know how to be involved, $20 goes a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, watching it, uh, yep. showing Absolutely. up. If you if you live right here close, show up, you know. I, want, I can't stress that enough, man. Like, say, if you, if you have the opportunity where you can bid on these items. Um, but I, I just want people, like when I call in and talk to a lot of these sponsors and this stuff, I don't even ask for money. You know what you can and can't do. Yep. Um, and just come see it. You know, if I can stress anything, just come see this event. I'm telling you, um, it's going to be great. And it's nothing what it's going to be like in five years. It's going to be, I'm telling you, I want, we want pyro and tanks. And we even had a, if we were outside, I could have had a flyby. Oh, really? We had people who were going to bring jets over this thing, but we couldn't really do it because it's going to be sundown and we're inside. But Yeah. Oh, man. A that jet? Be, Are you kidding me? Yeah, that Oh, I was so bummed when we had to say no. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. It's like, now we're talking. Yeah, we'll get tanks. We'll get pyro grenades. Yeah. Me and... If we, when we get Black Rifle Coffee there, I'm going to tell them, man. If you've ever seen it, I mean, 1.5 million followers on Instagram. They would do everything I would do if I had money. I would yeah. have a tank. I would have grenades, rocket launchers, and you just film it, and that's your day. Like, my gosh, how much fun would that be? Yeah, I suggest everyone check out Black Rifle Coffee. I, oh I've, my gosh, I've followed them from the. These guys are marketing geniuses. Yeah, I think I was following a few of the guys before they even started the Matt coffee. Best. Yeah, yeah, Matt Best, and uh, to to see that where they're at now is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to like. Well, I drink coffee no matter what, yeah. and, and the fact that okay, I know where this is going to go. Uh, this mm-hmm. is like I like these guys. You can hear their stories. They're out there in the open. They're all military guys. They're, military owned, military ran. Yeah, you're like, okay, this is something I want to get behind. Mm-hmm. And um, and then to to see them, and then they put out a great product too. <sighs> yeah. And and you're just like, well, well, they're in bullet cartridges. They're 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 Keurig cases. Like, yeah, they're in bullet cart. I mean, that's like that's genius. Yeah, I they, thought for sure the Keurig deals were going to be like shotgun shells. I thought they looked like shotgun shells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll talk to him when I see him yeah, we'll see next we, week. See when we get done. We'll give him yeah. some advice, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, these guys, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I have learned about when I rodeoed and being, um, and then where I got, where I, where I ended up getting, like I said, it wasn't the pinnacle, but it, I was truly happy with my career and where I got. Um, and I surrounded myself with the best. Um, man, I got to spar with Luke Brown and Chad Masters and Trevor Brazil and, you know, Tyler Magnus put me under his wing and carried me around and, you know, when he was um, at the pinnacle of his game and I was able to be around Speedy and Rich and T. Woman and, um, and I learned a lot from that. If you want to get great, you've got to be around greatness. And this is another one of the things that I look forward to with American Military Celebration. 
I'm around some of the baddest mother efforts in the entire country that God ever put on this earth. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, like literally. Dang right. Yeah. Um, man, that's, you're not going to do nothing. If you don't learn then from something, <laughs> you're not alive. Right. And, you know, to be around guys like Black Raffle Coffee, um, Hillwood, these are extremely successful uh, people. American Hats, classic. Um, Smarties jumped in here and helped out a bunch. And, and uh, like, these are some of the most successful people in the industry. And, and, and we're even being able to get to learn people outside of this industry, like Black Raffle Coffee. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm able to now get in front of people that are, um, you know, on the business side of the military side of things. And, man, that's just great. I'm even I'm expanding in so many different ways. And one of the things, like I said, I learned is if you want to be successful, you got to be around the best. And, man, this is just this exciting for me and that. And we've all got the same same goals. You know, we all got the same passion for our for our country and, and for our military. So um, I love being surrounded by that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Charlie, before, before I let you go, can I, can I ask, I like to ask hard questions and yeah. I, this really jumped out to me. I've, I've always thought this and you know, you're, you're a winner, right? Like as far as heading goes, like you figured out how can to be debatable. Well, <laughs> well it, it can, but at the same time, there was guys that had a higher skill set than oh, you, right? Absolutely. Can, can I say that? Is absolutely. That, okay. I've preached it for decades. Um, even, I can't believe I've made as finals many times as I have as watching guys that can truly rub circles around me. Well, with that being said, because I, 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 I'm not saying that you don't rope great, but I, what fascinated me about you is you won. And I would watch your heading and study it, and I'd be like, okay, he takes little pieces. But the, the roping side of it was probably the weakest part Absolutely. of your whole game, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was it that helped you win? And like, what do you think is one of the biggest keys for you? You've how many times did you make the NFR again? Nine, ten, ten, ten mm-hmm. times. Ten NFR qualifications. That's that's huge. Once you get past a couple, you've reached a, an elite level. Right. And for the fact that for me to even you know when we talk about that like say hey you don't feel as talented as some of the guys roping but you're still able to get to ten NFRs and and win. For years, you had a whole career of being successful. Why is that, Charlie? You know, one of the things that made me a little more secure about my roping was um, last year, they uh, PRCA invited me to come and help them with the crossfire rule. And the footage that they had to teach um, their judges was from 1998. And I remember that because that was my rookie year. Yeah. And I'm watching the NFR, and this is how they're teaching guys by the crossfire and i'm like i know this is 1998 this is my rookie year because i remember exactly who wrote with everyone i mean that was that was yeah. a huge year for me that's one of the years you don't forget your rookie year yeah yeah and they're like yeah actually yeah like, on the video yeah, it is i mean it's still a ph test i mean i was like oh my gosh like no wonder you guys are having heck mm-hmm. um and i was watching the best in the world in 1998 and the riding styles the swings and those guys and this is no disrespect those were the best guys in the world. The the inspiring thing is how much it's evolved since then. Right. The horses. I mean, when you watch Speedy rope, it was like somebody that just came out of another another um, planet. Yeah. Um, the way he was doing things, and so how I mean, you got to think. I learned how to rope in the '80s, and then I got to rope with the best guys in the world in the '90s, and where roping is today, 
do you know how many times I've torn my roping down and built it back up and the right to the left, the, the different riding styles, the, all the things that he evolved and evolved and evolved. Um, I was pretty proud of myself when I looked at it. It was like, man, that's a, you know, cause that's some of the things that if I don't rope on a consistent basis, I find myself going back to how I started. Yeah. And it's like a conscious process to be able to get back to, you know, being able to ride to the steer, being able to throw through the horns, being able to stay out of your horse's way. Um, cause back then everything was right to left, you know, ride bigger horses. When you throw right to left, well, what, when you throw from right to left, where does your weight go to the left? Where does your horse do? Goes to the left. And you watch those videos back then. I mean, they, these guys had some horses that could straight up drop. Yeah. They were hitting them pretty hard because of things like that. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to see like, that was one of the hardest transitions I made was the last two years was being able to rope and stay out of my horse's way. Everything was going forward. Everything was going through the horns. I studied the heck out of Clay Smith. I studied the heck out of um, Speedy Williams. I got to go spar with Luke Brown and guys like that and literally just surrounded myself with the best guys in the world. And then I would just, all right, well, I'm going to work on my horsemanship. Um, man, when I need to know little things like that, Trevor Brazil was one of the best in the world and still is. He is the best in the world with the horse. And so it was just such a, you know, it was, that was the hardest thing to do, especially in older age was the hardest thing in the world for me is changing the swing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was one of the hardest things. One of the things though, that I learned as a young kid that my dad helped me with was we used to have competitions where we could impersonate other ropers. That was probably one of the best rope handling things that I ever learned how to do. Um, he never would let me learn how to ocean wave or butterfly or any of that stuff. He always said tricks are for kids. He said, I got a fun trick for you. Catch a hundred steers in a row. Let's see how, yeah. let's see how many. <laughs> so I learned how to be very, very consistent, very early. Um, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, if you went and caught five steers clean, you won money every time. Well, then about the last five to seven years, you use that same mentality. Lakes beat you, especially if it's in three times. Yeah. Um, and you started learning, okay. Enter three times, this thing's going to be a gunfight. Enter twice, be smart, be aggressive. Enter one time, be smart. Right. Look at the BFI every year. Be smart. You draw good, you rope good. Um, just be sharp, be smart. And so you kind of learn, okay, now you know when to freaking draw out your, you know, your six shooter. All right, now I need to draw, you know, you just kind of learn what rope to grab out of each bag, what play to run. Um and you start learning little ways and, and things like that to win strategies, um, knowing what horse you needed, um, had a short score horse, medium score horse, had a long score horse. Like I always had enough arsenal in my, in my barn right there to where I kind of, in the experience, I kind of knew what the work dog was going to be like each year. I kind of knew what the BFI would be like every year. I knew what the George Strait was going to be like every year, you know? So I had learned. And one of the biggest things too in strategizing was the start set us up the whole run. And so when I started knocking starts down and then I started getting ready to rope faster, well, all right, what I got to do to freaking prepare everywhere I go. I set up a box to where I can put any box in the country. I can set up 16 by 10 or I can set up 12 by 18. I can, I can literally get ready for every rodeo or every roping right here at home. Right. And I just started learning how to prepare. And to me that I got a neck rope. Um, I learned one unders was one of my Achilles heels in 2007. Um, I was 25th in the world, went to Pendleton. I'm going to have to step it up or I'm done. Won the first round, won the short round, won the average, went from 25th to 14th. 
Right. All right. I knew I had a problem. I could not get a start at the one unders for whatever reason it was. And I told the guys after the short round, I had two weeks left and I went to the judges and I said, I need a neck rope and I need one fast. And when I drove home back to Lano, I stopped in at one of the guys places that builds neck ropes and they got me a neck rope. When I got home, I spent uh, one week with one under and then three days at one under. And my last week of the season, I went to seven rodeos and almost all of them were one unders. And I won a first, maybe two first, a second, a fifth. And then I got to uh, uh, San Bernardino, one under. I had to be under six, five. I had to win fifth or better to make the NFR. Right. Six, three. Nailed the start, run up there, knew exactly what I had to do. And uh, that was just, that's just strategy. You know, that was just finding out what my holes were and going at them until they weren't a hole anymore. Um, to me, that was, that was one of the things I thought looking back at my career that I thought I was, um, I thought would help me, make me be successful. Yeah, it's the ability to uh, constantly refine your game and pick out the little things that you need to improve on and then apply the knowledge and the experience so that you knew what it would take to win. And you know, one of the biggest things that I heard along that way was, man, quit trying to be somebody else. Man, quit trying to quit trying to be Clay Smith. Man, just do you. Well, then every time I go back and do me, I kept getting beat. I'm like, man, I think this is good to an extent. But man, if you ain't careful, if you just keep doing you and you're outdated, man, you're going to have to. I mean, Tom Brady, talk about a guy that just kept getting better and better and better. Who he was five is now is not who he was five years ago. Right. You know, and so there, there's a time and a place to do you. I think when you put everything into it and it's game time, yes, do you. Do yeah. what you know. But when it comes to the off season and you made it 14th or 15th or 17th, there's going to be some things you might have had to change, whether it's horsemanship or whether it's, you know, a new horse, whether it's maybe there's some things that are keeping my horse from working. Maybe it's me. You know, there's always little, um, the little things that self-evaluation process, mm -hmm. right? And and doing it in a manner where you, you talked about earlier, not breaking yourself down, but like this is what needs to be improved on is X because this is what I was weak at this year. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I got to agree because that's like that's the one thing we watch you, your head throughout your whole last, I mean, I, I didn't get to see it early on, but the last four or five years, you're able to, well, you made your partners better. You're able to take guys that were that rope great, mm -hmm. but you're able to get them over the top. Yep. And uh, and there's a lot of things to to be said about that with with partners and being able to, to to get that out of them and be a good run for them. And then also, you know, you to to know that experience. Like, hey, you how know, do, I how was do always kind of right there on the line where I rope good enough, but um, you know, the elites rope with the elites, and I was kind of always just kind of right there on that line to where I wasn't quite there and, and I got to rope with you know Al Bach and Clay Cooper and Mike Beers and some of the legends of the game Colin Bon on and, and I learned so much from them and what was fun for me was when I got done roping with them and I wasn't good enough at that level but I learned so much that I could take to the next partner yeah and so what I started doing was like you know what there's plenty of kids out here that rope as good as Al Bach or rope as good as you know Clay Cooper but they just needed a chance um you know, and Logan was 
you know, Joseph, you know, the last couple of guys that I had that I took to the finals, you know, those, those were those guys. I mean, those, and, um, like I said, I'll never forget this till the day I die that, um, after 2019, man, I was after Pendleton, I had been going to speedies. I had been trying to learn how to rope and stay out of my horse's way and not pick up and flatten my swing and get my swing up higher. Like I said, the swing is the hardest thing I've, I've, um, I think Tiger Woods can probably as assess to that the swing is the hardest thing to change and I was trying to change it and because I was I was just getting beat you know I wasn't my my two coils back was going on sloppy and, and too much slack and um you know in 2019 we come back from Pendleton and I told Logan I said look I don't know what I'm going to do next year I, I'd like to rodeo I'd like to go um but man I get it I did not rope good enough to make the finals this year like I caught a lot of steers, but I didn't, I, I kept thinking I was going to peak out, which like I usually do in the summer and we'd make a charge. And I never, I never did that for you. And, and I know Logan, man, Logan's, Logan wants to win. Yeah. Logan wants to win. And we didn't, um, we rope good enough just to get back in the, you know, the top 25 again and, and, you know, go to all the winter rodeos. Um, and we were coming back from Pendleton and he goes, I want to rope. I said, you do. Are you sure? Like, I sucked. Like, I did terrible. Um, I ain't going to stay that way for long. I've seen you. I've seen you do. Yeah. I know what you can do. And, uh, man, I'm telling them, because that's one of the things I'd always liked about roping with guys that just needed a chance. They wanted to rope with me. Right. And that literally had that feeling back again. Like, like he wanted to rope with me. And, uh, all right. All right, and it was it was I just I felt it in the pit of my stomach, man. I like a, there's some more there's some more left in the tank. Yeah. And we came home and that fall, three eight four four, just like making good runs when we came back, started feeling a group like okay. And then he was great. Hey, what time are we practicing tomorrow? Every day. What time are we practicing tomorrow? Well, I had two practice horses and I had um, three great head horses. And. I look back at it, I think after, up until we got shut down before Houston, I think we'd been to 14 rodeos and placed at 11. That's unheard of. Yeah, and it's tough to do in the winter. Because they pay, yeah. they talk about um, if you can win 40 or 50% of the time and you're doing good. And I was like, holy smokes, man. I found a way to peek out in the wintertime just with preparation. Yeah. You know, I had a partner who believed in me, partner that wanted to rope. He wanted as bad as I did. And I was like, man, this is awesome again. And... Um, man, that was, that was, that was fun for me, you know? And like I said, you can say I helped Logan get to his first one, man. He helped me get to my last one. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Well, you know, before I, before I let you go, I, in the podcast with Joseph, him and I were talking and he was like, mentioned how he was struggling and he didn't know where to take his shot. Like he, he'd always kind of healed fast, but he's mm -hmm. trying to catch some. And, and he talked about how you said, Hey, this is, this is what I want you to do. You like to throw fast. I'm going to, to set that up for mm -hmm. you. And he basically just said, you give him the confidence that he healed good enough with what he already mm -hmm. had, you know, his whole body of work. And he just needed to keep cutting it loose there. Mm -hmm. And then you look fast forward it to now that guy that, I mean, that's what he does. He, mm -hmm. he's got that real flashy Oh, style man, can, and it, it pulls on him hard and he can absolutely. heal him fast but he loves to do that mm -hmm. and you were the guy that showed him that he could do it 
And, and it was probably a, a week or two period right there and that got that out in him. And, and then you guys got on a roll and, and won good. And, but I think there's, there's times though in those partnerships where you can really bring it out in your mm-hmm. guy by just giving him the confidence and then, and, and believing in him. And I think that's, that's something that you've and, seen. You a few know, times. and then there's a certain mentality, you know, I remember when, um, when him and I got done roping in 2017, like he just didn't know what he wanted to do. He was trying to make the transition, you know, between rodeoing and showing. And, and, uh, man, I felt like I had the horses. I felt like I was roping as good as I ever did. And, um, he's just like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this and that. And I should have just made him honestly. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know him as good as I know him now, I should have yeah. just made him and just say, look, you're going to do the same thing. But I kept telling him like, you got to understand, man, I'm telling you, you have a chance to do something great. Like you're a top five guy and um, you ride it better than anyone, as good as anyone. And he wrote as good as anyone. And that like, you get to where that steer post up right there, that's game over every time. And um, I just kept telling him what he was capable of doing. And cause I believed it cause I, I seen all the talent there and um, you know, the rest is history now where he's at and when in last year I had a chance to win the world went in the world going in and, and, uh, you know, and I, I enjoy busting his chops cause he's, he's the funnest guy to bust yeah. his chops too. Yeah. And when we got the finals last year, I said, man, it seems like I remember we were on headed back from Kansas city in 2017. I said, um, I felt like, you know, maybe we had this conversation about you being top five, if not, maybe a chance to win the world. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, him and I, man, we have a lot of fun. You talk about, you talk about like two brothers. That's exactly how we get along. Right. Like two brothers. It's fun. We fight, we bicker and, and, uh, gosh dang, we, um, like I said, I owe a lot to rodeo. I've had some of the greatest friends and greatest traveling partners and partners that, um, lifelong friends. Well, and that's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. And, and you've, you get things like that. You know, you help a guy that, um, when you guys were first rodeoing, Joseph didn't really like to rodeo. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I have, when I'd have a conversation, he's like, I don't know, man, mm-hmm. I, he kind of liked the horse showing deal. And, mm-hmm. and he just was wanting to try it once or twice. And, yep. But now you can see it. He's, he kind of, he's done great for himself. And, and like I said, it's, it was just kind of a change in his belief system. Um, you know, whether deep down he was just didn't believe it or, or wasn't sure about it or whatever, but, um, you know, whether or not it was me or whether or not it was just kind of getting there, but it was, you can see now that that dude's special. That's yeah. what he does. And Logan's the same way. You know, Logan's two times horses, one horse of the year and two um, back-to-back NFRs. And um, I kept telling him, man, you just get the right guy. You're, you've got, you just need, need showed off is all you need. You just need somebody to be able to see you rope enough. And, and uh, it's there. His mechanics are there. His work ethic's there. His talent's there. His instincts are there. He's a great partner, um, tends to his business, um, doesn't drink. You know, I mean, that guy is a great family man, um, comes from a great family, and uh, it's, it's, I truly enjoy watching that guy do good, man. You talk about, I feel like you got a, a horse in the race when you get to sit back now and root these guys on and watch them, watch their careers blossom. It's fun. Yeah. There's this like real short window sometimes with, with people that they, they either think it's there or it's there. And they have the skill and to get it out and to win and prove it. And some people don't ever do that and they don't make it because of that. It's the hardest thing for a healer. Yeah. And a wide receiver. Yep. You're only as good as your quarterback a lot of times. If you don't 
um, get the ball thrown to you in a good spot, man, you can't show the world what you can do. And it's the same way, you know, with Joseph and, and Logan, it was, um, you know, they just needed someone to Need. turn them steer after steer after steer after steer and, and get confident back there. And it's, that was fun to watch to see what you knew they could do. And, and, uh, it's fun to be a part of it. Oh, that's great, Charlie. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks again. You bet. Thank you.